Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 53 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money, tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, what to look for on a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. And last week we had as our guest, Bill Heinrich, who spoke about how you can have a whole complete webinar in just six minutes. Today we have as our guest, Chala Dinkoy, and Chala is the CEO and founder of The Repositioning Expert and a marketing strategist. In her former life, Chala was an award-winning marketer at companies such as Pepsi, Pizza Hut, Frito-Lay, and Playtex for 20 years. Now she's a marketing consultant and the author of Gentle Marketing, a gentle way to attract loads of clients. She is a regularly featured expert on major television networks, such as ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, as well as a speaker at international conferences. Her true passion is her personal choice for the most adorable kid in the world, her son, Logan, and scuba diving. Boot camp workouts and her Kindle addiction also keep her busy. So Chala, let's get to some questions. Hello. Um, got an idea of what you do, but please be more clear and tell us why you do it. Yes, I'm an elevator pitch coach for CEOs of two to $5 million B2B service-based companies who need to stand out and get into buyers meetings. And why I do it is because for 18 years, I spent saying no thank you while I was an executive at companies like Pepsi, Pizza Hut, and Frito-Lay. And people were trying to sell to me, vendors would try to sell to me and they couldn't get through. And it's not because I was mean, it's because they didn't know how to pitch. Their elevator pitch sucked. Yeah, let's uh, say that they wanted your company to buy something and they were ineffective in getting your attention. I would say that for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's a problem that I saw. I mean, I, I'm a, I help create something called a super niche for companies. So that's like a very laser focused industry and a laser focused problem they have. And so my super niche is teaching CEOs elevator pitches, but who I help are minority businesses who are in these enormous matchmaking events. Like before COVID, it was thousands and thousands of people. It would be like an orgy of businesses pitching to each other. And so that's, that was my target. It still is, although I do it virtually now, but uh, if you can imagine that you're constantly pitching for like three, four days, oh. uh, you have to stand out. You can imagine the, the craziness of that. And that's how I became super niched in that because it's a true pain. Most of them never get asked for a meeting or a business card, <laughs> even yeah. after introducing themselves over and over again. And it's very expensive and frustrating problem for them. So it's sort of like going from hello to yes, uh, yeah. with the right elevator pitch. Yeah, well, going from hello to, can I have your card or can we get a meeting? <laughs> Is there a particular charity you support and what do they do? Women for Women International. I love your question around charity because I know obviously you're a huge philanthropist. Yeah, Women for Women International 
uh, is a, an organization that helps women in developing countries and trains them in business skills. So over the past decade, I mean, I got into this when I was pregnant. So Logan's 12 now. So imagine, um, and every cycle you're assigned a new sister and you choose your area of the world that you want to help. So for me, when I was pregnant, I kept reading these books about Rwanda and the genocide. And I don't, I mean, it, it was very bizarre because I have no, like, I have, I know nobody in Rwanda. I have no ties to Rwanda, but it was just, it struck such a chord. And I uh, read such horrible, horrible things about it. And so I decided that I was going to help in some way. So this, I'm a businesswoman. So this is teaching them how to become businesswomen. It also teaches them their human rights. Like what are women allowed to say no to legally? What are women allowed to have legally? And most of these women, believe it or not, are single moms. I'm not or, surprised. Right. Or they're supporting the, the family. And what they do is they teach them farming business, the, you know, the business of whatever they can either yeah. selling beads or making whatever they're making, but to teach them business skills to try to make a living and feed. And most of the time they have like an average of three plus children. Right. Yeah. So it, it's a really worthy cause. I mean, educating anyone, but especially women, but especially in war torn countries is yeah. I mean, I think the right way to go. Bless you for what you're doing, because as women transform their families, they're transforming yeah. the country and it ripples on from there yeah. as well. So, Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Well, let's talk about things that go wrong. Like, what would you say your biggest business failure was? Uh -huh. Well, considering that we met on uh, my Naked Marketing Podcast, which is the biggest marketing failures, my biggest was when I left corporate. I mean, I was still in corporate when I was doing this, but I knew I needed a coach because I knew how to market, but I didn't know how to have a business. And so I kept hiring these coaches who had group co coaching programs. Pro programs. And what I found out is that when you pay the, the big bucks and hire them one-on-one, -on -one, you get the real good stuff. So I actually wasted a ton of time because I was a little bit more developed than I guess maybe the people that I would happen to be in the same group with. So I was like trying to not to poke my eyes out while, while I had to wait for my turn to get their questions answered, which I had already surpassed all those things that they were struggling with. And so it's just a mishmash of people when you're in a grouping program group program. I'm, sh I'm sure it's good for someone. I don't want to knock it for yeah. everyone. I used to have one myself, but it was short lived because I get off on the one on one interaction to be able to give you everything you need and be all over you and all over your business. So that didn't last very long. But yeah, I, I that's the one um, aspect of group coaching I did not enjoy. I didn't oh. get a ROI. So I'm guessing that you had an insight from that failure. It's sort of like you're hinting at what you used it for your success, but, you know, clarify. I mean, sure. Uh, what was your biggest insight and how have you used it? A lot of clients come to me and say, I want to have a group coaching program. You know, I want uh, the PayPal to drip money into my account while I'm on, you know, on the beach kind of thing, which is yeah. you have it like online or you don't have to do anything except put in lead funnels. So what I learned and a, co a coach taught this. It's like a pyramid. A business is like a pyramid. At the top is the one-to-one, one one, which is where they pay you top dollars. At the middle is the small groups. And then the, the bottom is where, you know, it's just online. And in order to get to the 
bottom of the pyramid, you really have to have a lot of money and a lot of time to develop that audience. Otherwise, you're starving by getting $9.99 for people to come into your program. But if you don't have the list and the base of people to be able to support that, then you have to start at the top of the pyramid. And a lot of people are unwilling to charge a lot to do the one-on-one work, especially if they're new. So that's what I learned and that's what I apply and that's what I teach. Yeah. And one of the things that I discovered recently using Tesla as an example is the Ascension model where a Mm -hmm. lot of people gather large numbers at the bottom and filter it till they have smaller numbers until ultimately to get the one-on-one at the high ticket. And Tesla worked the opposite. Yes. It came out with a $100,000 sports car, created all the buzz, created all the desire, and then came with a lower price model, and then came with another lower price model. So they worked it backwards. And you know, I don't know if that was the reason they're one of the largest capitalized auto companies, and they don't sell anywhere near the number of cars Toyota does but their market value is higher, higher. It's yeah. So it's, that Ascension model can work very well. That's an actually really good example of what I just said, but in a completely different industry. <laughs> and it is yeah. the disruptor. I think in that industry, it's a complete disruptor model, unless oh, yeah. you're talking about luxury cars to begin with, in which their positioning is all luxury, luxury. But what they've done is I've seen, and you know, I hate to say this, but I call it bastardizing the brand is I start to see Lamborghini SUVs. Oh, yeah. Honestly, what is that? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) one of my neighbors has a Bentley SUV. Right. What? So exactly. A sports car known for being, you know, the fast, the luxury, the ultra luxury. And then they bring it down to, I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to have more business and it's a new product, but I think it's really disservice to the disservice to the brand. Yeah. As a former brand manager, I can. <laughs> you get to say that. Yeah. Explain what the typical feelings are that your prospects experience. Uh, they're spending a lot of money on marketing that's not working because most of the time it's their message. And most of the time it's because they don't know the right target. They haven't done the strategic work to figure that out. And they don't know how. So they're paying lots of money to marketers to do something for them. But the marketers, that's not their, their job isn't to figure out strategy. Their job is to do the SEO, to do, make the, the, you know, ad campaign or make your website pretty. They're not, they don't understand most of the time what strategy is, how to figure out the gap in the market, how to figure out that super niche, how to message to that super niche. They don't know how to stand out and have a differentiated message. So all of that comes from having a strategy and it's like you wouldn't build your house with a, a blueprint drawn by a painter. You would <laughs> go out and hire an architect. And that's what most businesses don't understand that they need, you know, a, a marketing strategist and an architect to figure that out. So they're just throwing money. They're just throwing it, seeing what sticks. Yeah. Well, do you have an example of how that worked with one of your clients? Absolutely. I think this is going to be really close to home for you. A wealth advisor. I don't even know if we talked about her. So um, we super niched. She was, she couldn't get people to talk to her. I mean, you were, you used to be a wealth advisor, right? Yeah, I was. That's correct. So she couldn't get, I don't know how you did this, but she couldn't get people, strangers to talk to her about money. They would run away from her. 
I mean, nobody wants to talk about money. It's emotional. It's private. And, and especially not to a stranger. So she was trying to build her, you know, business, a new book of business. So then we super niched her into helping divorcing women maintain their lifestyle after divorce. And so she, her tagline or her new brand name became divorcingwoman.ca. And her tagline was from clarity, from confusion to clarity after divorce. Mm, and mm. So she helped them. And what she did is we found that there's uh, was like 20 meetup groups in Toronto alone for separated and divorcing women. Wow. And she would go to those meetings and she would invite them to lunch and learns. And they were running after her instead of her running after them. So that's a, a real good example of how a super niching could completely um, change your success. Yeah. And, and the tagline you came up with of from confusion to clarity makes so much sense because I could see how anyone going through a divorce situation, man, woman, it doesn't yeah. make any difference, would end up with all sorts of confusion and really want clarity. So that's a fabulous tagline as well. Is there something, because our interviews are short, is there a valuable free resource that you could uh, offer my listeners? Absolutely. I'd love to give you guys my book, a free copy of my book. It's called Gentle Marketing. And it is how it teaches you how to get people to run after you instead of you running after them. And if you go to repositioner.com slash gift, you get a chance to download it. And you also get a chance to book a meeting with me if you're interested in working on your marketing. Terrific. And now I had for the show notes, uh, repositioner.com forward slash book. Will that That's take the first thing? That also works. So gift is if you want to talk to me as well. Uh, the book is just the book itself. I, oh, got it. Okay. So I'll change that to gift for the show notes. And is there a question that I should have asked you that would give some additional value to my audience? Yeah. And what would the answer be? Right. So ask me uh, what is the biggest mistake that people make in their marketing since that's my podcast and I talk to people about their biggest marketing mistakes every day. And I have to say that it is still what I specialize in, strangely enough, that so many people agree with me that it's, it's not niching, it's not focusing. And because yeah. without a niche, without a focus, you really have no target, no message, nothing meaningful to say, no, no solution that you can tailor to them. Yeah, if we uh, use that in the medical field, uh, the general practitioner makes far less money than yeah. the surgeon who specializes in brain surgery or orthopedics or yes. yeah, that's so true. You know, the, so the true. niche makes yeah. a difference in the medical. It's so field. clear in, in that industry is so clear. Nobody would argue with you, but yet with small businesses, they're like, no way. I'm not going to niche. Yeah. I, can I, everyone. I need to have everyone as a client. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Chala, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Rennie. My pleasure. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform. And please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive weekly emails with tips, techniques, 
or inspiration around your business or money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Next week, our guest will be Mark Silver, speaking about how effectively to grow any business from startup to profits when you understand the business nitty gritty and include social justice. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.